Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello and welcome to Reach for Hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, the world around us right now is a struggle these days. But it's even more hard for veterans. Here to explain more are two veterans from our community, Theron Crosby and Ken Omer. Welcome to both of you today. Thanks for joining me on the Reach for Hope show. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for your service as well. I'd like to start with you first, Theron. Um, tell me a little bit about your service and uh, give us some background about yourself. Well, I was born in Nevada and my dad was from southern Utah. Um, he grew up in Alton over in Kane County and so because of that, we shuttled back and forth, usually on the holidays. Uh, so I had a little bit of background in Southern Utah as well as being from Nevada. Um, I joined the Army in 1985, mostly because my dad had been um, drafted for the Korean War and his stories kind of fueled my desire to serve as well. Um, of course, uh, that was during the Cold War. Um, after the Cold War ended, our need for a large military was uh, sort of toned down a little bit, so I switched into the Army Reserve and eventually into the National Guard. I didn't expect to get called to war, but 9-11 uh, changed that, and uh, so I found myself um, in Iraq and later in Afghanistan and uh, after 13 years of war and uh, multiple deployments, I retired in 2014, and, um, and here I am. Uh, 29 years of service in the military is a long time. I would say that is definitely a career. Um, you're a veteran of foreign war, and um, in your, in your here as a, a lifetime member, I guess, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, thank you for your service. That's that's. We'll talk to you a little bit more about that. And Ken, tell us about your military service. I understand you and your wife have been in the military. What about? Give me a little background about yourself. Okay. Thank you, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, I graduated from high school in 1965. So about uh, that was just as the Vietnam War was getting underway, really big time. In 1968. I joined the Air National Guard, which began a long military career for me. A uh, couple of years later, I volunteered for active duty and went on active duty. And uh, then I retired from the military in 2009. Now, there's some breaks in service in there, but I served about 15 years of active duty at different times, about 16 years in the Guard and Reserve. And... Uh, Fairly early in my career, I went to the Philippines to Clark Air Base. My wife was also in the Air Force. We met there. We got married. And uh, she had 15 years in the military. A lot of that during our married time as a nurse in the military. And uh, so we spent uh, three years, three plus years in the Philippines. And I was in Southeast Asia on several missions. And... Then late in my career, I went to Afghanistan for a year. Wow. So you both have really had some extensive background in the military and obviously some, some uh, dealings with uh, these wars that I can only imagine. 
Um, but we're here to talk about a little bit about, um, you know, what you've gone through, what other veterans have gone through and why um, many veterans uh, suffer from PTSD. Um, you know, there's some interesting statistics out there that most um, people who have been in uh, wars or in, in the tough times have suffered from PTSD due to their service. But there's also those who have suffered that haven't actually been in, in the wartime. And we have some interesting facts I'd like to show. Uh, veterans, the, the suicide population, about 7% of the population account for about 22 percent of suicides in the United States. And a lot of that has to do with PTSD for people who don't know what that is. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. And I imagine it's because when you come back that you are faced with issues of, you know, I'm taught to go out and kill or protect my my country or my fellow man. And then all of a sudden you come back and you're like, now what do I do? Theron, give me a little bit of uh, ideas about that. How do you suffer from any PTSD? Is there issues with that? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, when I came back from Afghanistan in 2007, um, I was really unhappy about some of the things that had happened there. And, um, but, um, I was one of those lucky guys that never got into an actual firefight. Although we dealt with, uh, rocket attacks and mortar attacks. I was never one of the guys that actually had to had to pull the trigger. So my take on it was um, I don't have those kind of problems. Um, but I found myself uh, angry, frustrated, um, uh, self-medicating with alcohol, which is never a good thing. And um, when uh, my wife told me, hey, you've got a problem, I went to get help and spent an hour arguing with the uh, the counselor that I didn't have PTSD. Mm -hmm. It took me years to finally admit, yeah, I do have it. I do have a problem. And, yeah. Um, it's something that um, never goes away, of a, a, a sound, a smell. Um, um, sometimes our veterans deal with... Uh, uh, reacting to simple things like um, um, fireworks on the 4th of July. So that just can, anything that can trigger it, right? It can, it can trigger it. And um, you never know. You may not have any symptoms at all, not deal with anything, and then 10 years, 15 years, all of a sudden a, a sight or a sound will bring something back. And you're thinking, well... What am I dealing with here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why am I all of a sudden stuck, stuck in a moment that happened 10, 15, 20 years ago? Right. Now, they say that males are twice as likely as uh, regular civilians that are veterans to die by suicide. Th um, can, can you t explain this ripple effect and, and why uh, veterans are maybe more higher at risk I'm, I'm assuming it's because of the PTSD and and help us understand that the emotions that come when one of our comrades or your comrades does take their own life. Well, uh, there's a couple of very good questions there on on the first part. Um, is PTSD common among military people, among veterans? And yes, it is very prevalent. It's very common. And in a lot of military situations, particularly being deployed or other missions, type missions and training, uh, 
are very, very stressful. And um, uh, Theron mentioned some of the symptoms of PTSD. Another very common symptom is uh, military people, when they're in the military or afterward, go to sleep at night, and all of a sudden you're back on patrol. All of a sudden you're back on the front. All of a sudden you're back in that stressful situation, and it's like, how do you escape that? And some veterans, uh, you know, default to drinking alcohol to mask that, which is not a good solution. There's other ways to help that and treat that. Now, the other question uh, that you brought up is, how do you feel when somebody dies by suicide? And number one, it's a great loss, particularly if it's somebody you knew, even if it's somebody that you only knew about. But, and then the other thing that is so common, there is a fellow I knew in the military, and this was not on deployment, this was stateside, but he was a very good fellow. In fact, he was a young doctor. He's a physician, but he's a military doctor. And he suffered some effects in his life from depression. And over some time, this depression escalated and so on and so forth. He was married, he had three children. He took his own life. Everyone I knew, that knew this fellow personally were asking the same question of themselves. What did I not do? What did I miss? What could I have done to help this person? And so it becomes very personal in that sense. And it's like, there's a sense of guilt and there's a sense of what could I have done to, to help this person or help prevent them dying from suicide. Yeah. And they say sometimes that there's a lot of things that, that, this mental illness, if it's not treated, that there's nothing you can do once they get their mind made up, but we can always talk about it. And we didn't used to do that. Now we're talking about it. That's why we're here on the show today. I want to play a PSA that we have made on behalf of the Reach for Hope for letting veterans know about um, that it's time to listen. So let's take a Hi, I'm Brad, a member of the Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition. It might surprise you to know that military veterans are one of the most at-risk demographics for suicide. Unfortunately, in the U.S., we lose roughly 21 veterans to suicide each day. Reach for Hope honors our veterans for the sacrifices they have made to protect our country and preserve our freedoms. We thank you and want you to know that we are glad you're here. If you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide, please call the crisis line at 1-800-273-TALK or click now for more information. And uh, obviously, the statistics there said 21 a day, and since um, we did the fast withdrawal from Afghanistan, I understand those statistics have come up to 22 a day, which is very unfortunate. Um, Theron, can you explain the stigma that might surround not wanting to go to a VA for help? And you kind of mentioned a little bit, oh, I don't have a problem. I can deal with this. Why would we not go get help when it's right there as a veteran? Well, um, the warrior mythos that we kind of live by in, in all of the services Um, you are expected to be strong both mentally, physically, emotionally. And so being willing to admit that you have a problem is kind of um, not part of that that mythos that you live by. Uh, Our veterans are expected to be strong, especially when you're training for a situation that uh, might require you to save your buddy. and your, your team members look at you that way, especially those of us who've been in leadership positions. The last thing we want to be seen 
uh, is that we might have a problem that might come into bearing when our team members are depending on us. And it's hard to get out of that um, that thought trend when you come home and get back into the civilian life. So still being willing to admit that you have a problem, which actually is a is a strength. symptom of strength mm-hmm. instead of a a symptom of weakness. Um, yeah, I w- I would think so. Now the Veterans Affairs is. Uh, has a saying called SAVE, what stands for signs of suicidal thinking should be recognized. Um, ask the most important question of all, validate a veteran's experience, it's up on the screen there, and encourage treatment and expedite getting help. Um, I guess, you know, we at uh, uh, Reach for Hope also have what's called QPR training in the community which is question, persuade, and refer someone who might be thinking about taking their own life just because you need to get that question out there. And that can be difficult. Ken, can you tell us about your efforts in trying to help the veterans to understand that they really need to reach out? And I'm sure that you and your wife can relate to this, that sometimes you might not even talk to each other that way and say, hey, honey, how can I help you? Or, or what are you thinking about? Or are you, are you struggling with something? Well, thank you. Um, Just a side note, my wife and I actually talk about this topic, not all the time, but fairly often. One of her positions that she had as a nurse practitioner in uh, uh, serving military people was being a case manager with special training, screening soldiers with PTSD for further help, for psychiatric treatment, treatment and so on. One thing that she's talked about quite a bit with me is that we shouldn't have any reservations about asking fellow veterans who we think are struggling with depression, PTSD, and so on and so forth. Are you thinking about hurting yourself or are you thinking about taking your life? And, um, my wife said all uh, numerous studies have showed that there's no tendency for that person to be more apt to uh, die by suicide by asking that question. And my wife said, you need to kind of train yourself in that to sound very sincere and sound like it's a natural question which you can put forward. So for veterans, speaking with veterans, like we're in a veterans organization, we meet veterans or we come in contact with veterans we've known, there's nothing negative or nothing detrimental about asking that person who may be struggling, are you thinking about hurting yourself? And if they indicate that they have, they're thinking about it or they have some kind of plan, then that's time to take action based on those steps you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we here at Reach for Hope also want to spread that message that you're not alone and you're not. Uh, those thoughts are always, always there. And, and sometimes it's not easy for us to understand that, and especially as veterans, I wonder if he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking because, you know, we don't want to look weak. Um, Theron, I understand you've set up a support group that kind of helps people understand that and and talk about that, those thoughts. Um, can you tell us about that and when you meet? Well, um, Melissa, I can't really take credit for the setup. Um, it was our other veterans in our, our Veterans of Foreign War posts, uh, Greg Coombs, Justin Smith, Jim Hester, that recognize some of the things that were going in and on in Afghanistan were negatively impacting 
our veterans and uh you know i'm one of those guys we lost a uh, member of our team and so uh as we drew down the way we did it really caused a lot of our veterans to think you know was the, were those sacrifices worth it and so our guys recognized that and said hey we need to get together and meet we need to have a place that is safe where we can talk uh, share our thoughts our feelings our our problems where there's no recriminations and it's not a formal meeting where we're dealing with other type of business mm-hmm. um, so we meet every um, every Tuesday evening at, from 6 to 8 at our, our VFW hall um, and uh, it's just a time when you can come in and talk and, and meet with other veterans like yourself who who have those shared experiences right and that's behind the Senior Citizen Center in St. George the, the hall, the VFW um, hall is that correct? No, ours oh. is over on uh, uh, what is it uh, 100 East and 300 303 south, 303 east, 100 100 south. south. Yeah, we share the building with the the Lions Club. It's right across from the rodeo grounds. Okay, so you don't have to have an appointment. You can just go in on that Tuesday night. At what time? Uh, From 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Oh, awesome. So you can just walk right in. That's awesome to hear that. I'm so glad you guys started that because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would like to to show up on your doorstep and say, hey, I'm here to talk as well. want to talk a little bit about when you're in that foxhole um you're all the same but when you come home there's drastic changes um how do we overcome that well if i can talk about that for just a little bit it's an easier process going into the military than coming out of the military the training may be difficult and getting in learning everything in the military may be challenging, but leaving the military is often this kind of cold turkey type experience. You're in a military culture, you're uh, training, you're maybe deployed in combat with your fellow comrades, and then you're discharged from the military and that's gone. Mm -hmm. They're gone, uh, generally speaking. And you're in a, a civil society situation where the culture is really quite different than military culture. You're not wearing a hat all the time. You're not saluting. You don't have uh, accountability to a first sergeant or platoon sergeant every day, and you're out. And then in the civilian world, most people don't understand very much about the military. And so you come out of this culture into civilian culture again, and all these things about the military culture are gone. It's a very, very difficult transition. And so I think part of making that transition better is to get to know other veterans around you and also be willing to tell people about your military experience. And, uh, uh, and I think it's good for fellow citizens to ask veterans about their story. What's your story about? Share it. Share, share your story. And I think that's important, be it uh, children, grandchildren, friends, neighbors. Ask a veteran that you know, what's your story? What's yeah. your story about it's your military service? It's a great idea. It's a great thought. I know, I know a lot of, especially older veterans of World War II, World War I, way back when, they don't want to talk about any of it. You never hear about it. And so 
it's really a good idea to do that, and especially with their grandchildren or, or with whoever. So I appreciate right. that. Thank you. What would you like to see changed then about our society besides asking to share their story when it comes to veterans and understanding where they're coming from? What can we do as a public to, to do that? Theron, do you have any ideas of how, you know, to not treat you differently? I mean, I can say thank you for your service, but does that really mean anything to you? It, it does. Okay. Um, you know, there are times that we hear it a lot, uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, uh, 4th of July. Um, that's when people have that uh, that little nudge um, that, that they say, oh, yeah, I've got to say thank you to our veterans. But um, just going about your day-to-day, you see somebody with a, a veteran sticker on their car, uh, give them a thumbs up if you... If you're getting out at the same same time, say thank you to them because it does mean a lot. It means that we're recognized and the community understands that we're here. Um, you know, a lot of us deal with PTSD and survivor's guilt all the time. It um, doesn't mean that we're going to snap and come apart and that is the other stigma that sometimes the media portrays on us oh no this was a veteran that's why he did this or that or the other and for every one person that may be out there that has done something like that there are millions who are just your normal everyday people who you might be rubbing shoulders with in the supermarket and don't realize that they're a veteran as well and and they may be dealing with ptsd but it doesn't mean we're going to come apart. Yeah. Uh, we are just regular everyday people. That's right. So is there enough support out there um, right now, Ken, and for our veterans and, and, and what we can do for them? Well, there there are very good support measures with the Veterans Administration and other organizations. And uh, Reach for Hope, as we have learned, is just a very good organization and i think a big part of it is letting the veterans know that these things are out there it's like how do we do that and part of it is uh meeting you and Teresa and others involved in these uh, really fine programs and also helping veterans understand the the veterans administration how to become enrolled medically with the veterans administration and then i think the veterans organizations need to put the uh, uh, encourage the VA to respond continually in a positive way, which they do to a very great degree. Another thing is veter- veterans or other people struggling with mental health issues need to be uh, treated right away. And I think we need to advocate that to the VA, that when veterans come into the VA and they have mental health issues, don't give them an, an appointment two months from now bring them in right now, bring them to a practitioner, bring them to a psychologist or a counselor and help them out. And I think that's very important for people struggling with um, mental health challenges. That right. can be PTSD and various things. Right, and I and I know that just recently here in Utah, the VA has uh, introduced a new suicide prevention specialist specifically for our area. Her name is Mariana Crawl. She's been a great advocate. And so we want to give out uh, kudos to the VA for that and, and anybody and to know that that has been set up recently. And it's really a great resource. Um, I'd like to also say that they have a veterans crisis line 
that anybody can yes. get a hold of. If you're a veteran or know of somebody who is a veteran who it might be suicidal or thinking about taking their own life, you can call the Veterans Crisis Line at one 800 273 8255 and press one, or you can go to a chat line, veteranscrisisline.net forward slash chat and text to eight, three, it's eight, three, eight, two, five, five. And, and those will actually get you directly to some help right away. And I know that we're coming out with a, I believe it's a new 988 number or, or something that, that the government yep. is going to be releasing here pretty soon. So there's a lot of different ways you can reach for hope. Um, you can call 911 if you really need to or go to an emergency room. But there's always help and hope out there. So i just like to thank you both uh, for joining us today, for sharing your stories, for sharing your feelings and, and getting this out to veterans so that we can get help for them because it's a, extremely important. So I, I'd just like to say thank you for your service because without you, we wouldn't be free right now. So thank you both for being on the show today. Thank you. And thanks for inviting us. Yeah. It's a great honor to be able to talk about our veterans. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for, for uh, reaching out for help and reaching out for hope. And uh, thanks to our audience out there for tuning in. And remember, there's always hope. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.